0: You're listening to Life in Limbo Land, the go-to podcast for all things millennial.
1: We started in the love field and now we're expanding. We're gonna go into health, wellness, fitness, finances, buying a home, lifestyle, everything you need to know to live your best life. And who are we? I'm Tiffany, I work in entertainment partnerships. I'm an LA native who loves discovering and exploring all things in the neighborhood, learning about health care, skin care, what is popping, what the new restaurants are. I have a newsletter, a Tips Tips newsletter, check it out, where I highlight all the best happenings in LA and also share my favorite things. I also love all things pumpkin spice and I wrote my master's thesis on dating, so I'm here for the collective millennial experience.
0: My name is Kudzi. I was born in Zimbabwe, grew up in South Africa, and now I live in Los Angeles, where I work in digital media and entertainment, particularly focused on talent and helping people express themselves on the internet. I've noticed a growing need for stability among millennials in the online space. Same as Tiffany, I also have interests outside of podcasting. I have an Instagram called Sir Candleman, where I'm aiming to be the leader in all things luxury scented candles. Now Now let's let's get get into into it. it. On this episode, we have Epiphany Jordan, author of the new book, Somebody Hold Me, The Single Person's Guide to Nurturing Human Touch. The book teaches people who are currently not in a romantic relationship how to get their touch needs met. Nearly half of Americans check the single box in the 2010 US Census. While there are hundreds of books out there that teach people how to find slash have sex, there are a few resources for people who want platonic touch and she would like to help our listeners Get in the right direction we need to be having conversations about who when and why we touch other people how can we as a culture create a touch rich world that respects people's individual boundaries
2: so how do you get your touch needs met when you're not in a romantic relationship
0: how do you get your touch needs, Tiffany?
2: I don't
1: get my. I don't have. To, this is an interesting subject because for me, I feel like my touch needs are based on like an emotional connection with someone. So I don't really crave touch in that way unless like I'm in a relationship. But what maybe,
0: about like touch can be hugged, no? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I guess I don't even get like, I don't think about that but you know thinking reading everything and thinking about it now maybe it is something i crave but i just haven't like done it so i don't know that i crave it as
0: I think you need much to, um open up there but, so well epiphany i'd love to know about the book like what inspired the book um yeah
2: Hi, okay well, um, let's see where do I start with this so i had I've been uh, doing some work around um, platonic touch for several years now, and uh, um, you know our our services are not inexpensive, and I wanted to have some sort of offering that I could give to people where it would be pretty inexpensive for, for free to like let them go through the process on their own. Um, but I had known from the work that I was doing that, you know, if you're not in a romantic relationship, you don't get your touch needs met. And actually that's not even accurate because there's a lot of people who are in romantic relationships Mm -hmm. who aren't getting their touch needs met, you know, just like people have different sex drives, you know, some people have different touch drives. And then right around the time that I started working on the book, I got out of, a five-year relationship that had been, you know, it had had a lot of touch and a lot of sex. And I knew from uh, the work that I had been doing with other people that, you know, if I wasn't dating anybody or if I wasn't romantically involved, that I was kind of SOL. And um, so that it just kind of happened from there.
1: Yeah. I I have a question about like all of this. I think it's so interesting now and like with everything that happened and has happened in the me too era of,
2: absolutely of
1: like what is okay and what's not okay i was ta- like recently on a podcast episode talking about how i went on uh speed dating. And this guy was just so like touchy feely with me without like me even uh-huh. knowing him. And it made me so uncomfortable because I was like, I don't know this person, but for them, it was like such a comfortable thing, like where they didn't, understand that someone might not feel comfortable with that and it wasn't like a sexual touch it was like you know touch on the arm touch around, things like that and mm-hmm. how do you assess where the other person is or how do you do it in a respectful way and uh, match someone else's need for touch
2: so that's a that's a great question you know and we're we're in this uh interesting phase in our in our world right now where we have too much unwanted touch and people are touch starved. And um, I I actually listened to the episode that you were um, just talking about. I was like, Oh, this would actually be Mm -hmm. a cool topic to, to talk about. So um, I will preface this by saying, I think as a general rule and there are exceptions to the rule, but um, I think as a general rule, women are better at assessing that than other people are, Mm -hmm. but You know, the easiest, the easiest way to do it is to, to just ask, you know, um, would it be okay if I put my hand on your shoulder and if the person thinks about it and says no, then you don't do it. If the person thinks about it and says yes, then you do it. I mean, I, I work with this stuff all the time and I, you know, if I'm meeting somebody for a first time, I always, you know, ask them, even if it's a friend of a friend or something, I'm you know, would you like a hug? And, um, you know, that's, that's the simplest and easiest way. I think the most important thing to realize is that, um, touch doesn't mean the same thing to everybody and, and people have different levels of comfort and, uh, you know, with it and you just have to, you know, if if you can start from that point and realize, you know, it's like, like you might think that it's great to like go up to a friend and hug them but you know maybe they really don't like to be touched and they haven't said anything about it so it's not a comfortable thing for them um people uncomfortable being touched
0: i mean in a platonic way like people are very touchy
1: yeah but a lot of people hate like i know a lot of people was like oh i don't like to be hugged or i don't Mm -hmm. like hugs (laughs) what what's the psychology there what
2: um, a lot of times I think it comes, uh, like, there's a lot of people who are like that, who, uh, you know, ha- have had bad experiences with it, with growing up, you know, it's like if, um, you know, if you didn't get good, solid, nurturing touch from, from your family, like, you know, let's say you had a parent who, you know, beat you up or, um, you know, like they they yell at you, and then they'd be like, "Oh, come here and have a hug," and you're you're confused about it, what it means. Um, some people are just sensitive to it. I mean, people who were uh, on the autism spectrum, like you know, it they, they physically don't like to be touched. You know, uh, it, but, so there's there's all kinds of reasons. It's it's complicated. Um, somebody may not want to be touched because they you know, maybe they were sexually assaulted and they just, you know, they don't trust themselves or the other person to respect their boundaries, um, or they don't know how to articulate their boundaries. I mean, there's, you know, the the reasons are as individual as a fingerprint.
0: Right. I mean, how did you, how was your touch growing up?
2: Growing up. Yeah. Um, you know, I got um actually I, I was gonna tell you my father's from South Africa as well. Oh, oh hey. uh, well he's he's Indian. He he was born in India and then he grew up in Peter maritzburg mm-hmm. and then he came to the States. But um I when I heard that I was like, Oh, we have something in common there. Mm-hmm. Um so let's see, mine was um it was pretty good. I mean like I'm still like my mom and I are still very affectionate I mean my my father would like get angry with us and spank us but you know like I was never like you know beaten or abused the way a lot of people are and um but you know there was like a lot of I I I had a lot of emotional turmoil like my father and I fought a lot when I was a kid and um, you know, I, I definitely, I was like the weird kid on the playground that nobody would play with. So, um, you know, I was, I was lonely a lot. And I mean, like, I remember when I was younger, like one thing that I used to do a lot is like, when I was talking to people, like I'd like hit them on the arm or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, just, I, you know, just cause 'Cause I I know what you're talking
2: about, like a playful
1: tap, not like a, Right.
2: Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, like, I wasn't like punching them, but you yeah. know, it was just like, hey, pay attention to me. Pay attention oh, to me, I see. Kind of thing. Um, and uh, obviously, I don't do that anymore. Um, so, I mean, I think, um, you know, for the most part, I mean, my my parents were married until my father died, and um, you know, we were we were never like uh, on the edge financially or anything. So I had a, I mean, we, we fought and, you know, I dealt with like some family depression and, um, but, you know, I had a, I had a pretty solid middle-class upbringing
0: um that's journey to
2: me i mean i yeah. think
1: my parents were so there were four of us at the same age um my sister's only my youngest i'm a triplet and my youngest sister is only um oh, wow. months younger her birthday was yesterday Happy birthday, shannon, Happy birthday shannon but um Happy birthday shannon yeah i think because there were four of us i mean the reality is it's like my parents gave us as much love and nurturing as they could but like, two kids per parent, like, basically, like, my parents trying to, like, make sure that all four kids got the love and attention and, like, touch that, that is a lot, and especially with both of them having full-time jobs and, you know, making sure that they were supporting us and giving us everything we needed, Mm -hmm. I I definitely think that, like, if you're an only child or if the minute maybe, like, two or there's, like, time in between, you'll get more of that, but I think that my parents Gave us as much as they could. Um, no, like um, with their time. Like any time that they weren't working, it was like all given to us. Like my dad had this thing called turns, where he would each Saturday one of us would get a full day to like go and hang out with him and do whatever we wanted. So they were very like experimental with their parenting and making sure that we got like the attention and like love and care that we want and I I mean with touch like I think that like what it is like an emotional thing for me like if I'm feeling someone we're on a date and I'm like laughing or I'm on a connection point I do this thing called tip taps where like tapping <laughs> on the arm or other shoulder in a playful way but I think like that that like is always built up on like a conversation conversation or like an emotional like connection of this person being on the same page with me and I think it's interesting about like asking that person if you can touch them because I think as like females I don't know if females necessarily do that or i've never i don't i haven't thought about it but you know being in that situation with that guy where he like automatically was like grabbing the side of my hip and things like that i was like whoa 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 like, like that's a that's a lot for someone that you haven't even like said two sentences to right. so i think i'm just because i do come from a persian culture that isn't very much like um you know doing all doing the most with touching. <laughs> you know, they're okay. very like conservative, but like hugging's a thing. Like my dad always like hug me and like give me a kiss on the cheek and say like I love you and all these things, same with my mom. But I think it wasn't like a, you know, a excessive thing. It was more yeah. like when we're leaving or when we're like welcoming each mm-hmm. other or leaving. Um this right. is like a go, go, go how about you, could see?
0: I do not grow up in a very touching environment very African, very conservative. We moved to South Africa. But my parents are not they didn't get a lot of touch growing up. Probably got a lot of like getting beaten up. Well, light beating Mm -hmm. crazy here. Same with me. So we never really like hugged. There's no like real touch. It's like a greeting, like a handshake to like your old elder elder relatives. But no hugs. So like I remember growing up we went to private schools we were a little bougie but but i would hug my friends right mm-hmm. and my mother once mentioned i remember she's once said like what is up with all this hugging that you guys do like mm-hmm. it was just so far <laughs> like so far and like i didn't know what is this about and like makes her feel a little just a touch bit awkward but like she's fine with it she we just don't do it but as i've gotten older and just like lived i'm like the middle child just like forces things on people so like forcing people to like forcing myself to hug my parents and like each all of us to hug each other i was just like people need to get over it like the world has changed yeah and also like forcing people to say like i love you like it's the love is deep but like people don't say it because mm-hmm. i think they just didn't grow up with it so for them it's like this big leap and like really strange but that's why i have this like weird um touch i still am very aware when someone touches yeah me. like yeah. hyper aware but like i'm i'm also like one of those people that's always willing to go past the awkwardness like i'm okay with that like i just yeah i feel weird but like get over it like it's you know but i'm always aware like if someone like touches my shoulder i like i know it whereas for some people i feel like they just don't even like feel it
2: yeah yeah it's like yeah
0: yeah so i I, feel every touch because i didn't have all the touches oh my god am i like touch deprived (laughs)
2: I, I don't know i mean that's that's totally you. I actually had a question um Tiffany, for you. you said that you're one of uh triplets, so were you and your um two uh triplet sisters were you all like very um touchy and huggy with each other i mean you were you you like grew up or you know you were just stated like in in a womb yeah. together i mean that's a lot of close quarters for you know, the
1: first nine months of your life. For sure. So one was a boy and one was a girl. So um, they, I think we just didn't really, yeah, we weren't huggy. We weren't like affectionate with each other. I think so much like being a multiple birth, you're constantly trying to like be an individual and like separate yourself mm-hmm. because you are, group together, and so I think, like, I did, like, a majority, you know, we were a team, and we would do things together, but, like, I don't think touch was, like, our part of that. I think, like, most of it was, like, trying to find our own friend groups, and trying to make sure that we could, like, stand on our own without each other, so, like, Uh we were kind of, even though, like, we were close, and we, like, talked to each other, I think, like, we always felt like we had to like be individuals in a trio and so we didn't really like do a lot of hugging i mean we still don't do a lot of hugging i don't know interesting we were very like individual um yeah i i didn't think about that but yeah we don't really hug each other anything we'll do like little taps i'll say but um not like long like hugs do you want
0: to or no i
1: think i don't know i just never like thought about it that way like i just thought oh they're my siblings like they're here um you know and I, i don't know i think the the touching thing is really interesting i think like i i don't really crave it from friends or family i like but from a partner. And I don't know what that says about me or what what it is, but like I know like I notice like how like a partner like is affectionate and like, you know, the the how like touch plays into it. I just, it hasn't ever been a thing that I thought about from friends and family. And I think sometimes when friends hug me or like, you know, rub my back, it's like disingenuous. Like they feel like they have to do it to like get closer to me when it's not really part of like what, the, like their essence.
2: Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, the, the thing that, you know, Hey, I just want to get my touch needs met from my romantic partner I mean the only thing that that says about you is that you know you grew up in a culture where that's what is you know how we get our touch needs met after we become adults and you know and sometimes that works really well and sometimes it doesn't you know Mm -hmm. Um, I, I mean I certainly come across a lot of people who aren't getting their touch needs met by their romantic partners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, people go through different things in their lives. Like right now I have um, some friends It's an older lesbian couple and um, one of them has dementia and um, you know, she's, she's still very, very good natured and very huggy with her partner, but you know, it's like, and, like I watched my parents go through that as well. My, my father died of dementia and it's like, you know, what do you, what do you do when, for instance, when your partner, um, your life partner, you know, turns into your patient, the person that you have to take care of and you can't get those needs met from them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of situations, you know, like, uh, like a common one is, um, you know, when somebody has, like, when people have kids and, you know, all of a sudden the mom is, like, feeling what's called t- being touched out, you know, and she's got, like, these little tiny hands that are, like, grabbing at her and for her mm-hmm. all day, and then, you know, she gets the, you know, you get to the evening and she's exhausted and the husband wants to have sex and she's just, like, get off of me. Right. So t- you know, there's, there's all kinds of situations, you know, uh, if uh, you know, like if one or the other, if you were part of a couple and one or the other of you was like traveling extensively for business, you know, and uh, I mean, like if, I mean, what would you do if, uh, you know, your husband was traveling for business and one of your parents died and you were devastated and you needed somebody to hold you while you cry? I mean, there's like, there's, you know, we we really do ourselves a disservice by only Seeing touch as a sexual thing because it's a it's a way of comforting and connecting and you know kind of um, rejuvenating people when they're when they're tired and stuff. You know, there's lots of different uses for it, but we don't really think about it or talk about it.
0: Absolutely, I think one of the interesting things that you wrote in the book around. Um Touch was the chapter on consent and around the fluidity of boundaries.
2: Yeah,
0: it is in the book. Um, I'm just gonna read this. So this is my Oprah moment where she used to read the books. Sure. <laughs> um, awesome. One of the most confusing things about boundaries is that they are constantly shifting. Sometimes the word "no" is a complete sentence. Other times it means not right now, not that thing, or not with you. Boundaries can change very quickly, and what was okay earlier might no longer be okay a moment later. So how do you figure out where you are with a boundary right is is it just like you got to sense it out or like it's
2: do you always have to ask yeah well i think when you're when you're navigating it with a new person it is good to ask and you know we think that that's unromantic or what have you but at the same time i mean i always think it's hot when somebody says you know can i kiss you it's like you know, okay, great. Yeah. You were probably reading my body language, but you know, it's also like really cool that you asked. I mean, um, you know, there's, I, I, like you, 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 I, I mean, if you have somebody that you've been friends with for a while, you probably have your boundaries, um, already kind of figured out you know what's okay and what isn't but it's like if you want to take it any further you know like uh most of my friends I you know will hug hello and goodbye and y'all are probably the the same way about that but um you know like for instance like I had a friend come over the other night and um you know he's very familiar with who I am and what I'm doing. And I, but I like pinged him and I was like, Hey, do you want to like come over and snuggle up on the couch and watch a movie, which wasn't something that we had done before. So we had had dinner before and, um, before we came over to watch a movie and, um, you know, we I I just talked to him about you know. I was like, "What do you expect from tonight?" And he was like, "Well, you know, I think we you know we can just put on a movie and just sit next to each other and kind of lean into each other." And I was like, "Well, you know, I thought it would be nice to like." you know i have i have like one of those couches that's kind of a futon thing i was like you know well maybe we could lay down and do it and get really comfy and that turned out to not work with my computer screen so we ended up sitting Mm -hmm. on a couch but you know it was like that was something that he and i had never done before so we needed we needed to talk about it so you know we don't have a culture where we ask people about their boundaries to begin with Mm -hmm. um So it's, you know, it's just kind of creating, it's, it's creating a culture around that. So, um, you know, it would, it'll probably feel awkward and stiff if you ask somebody, you know, like, um, you know, if you, if, if you normally hug somebody and then like somebody's having a hard time and, you know, you were to say, you know, um, I would like to put my hand on the side of your face if you're okay with that. And they would be like, wait, oh, why are you asking? And then they, you do it and they're like, they say yes and you do it. And they're like, oh, okay, that feels good. Um, you know, so that that's kind of, it feels like an awkward interaction, but, you know, it's not nearly as awkward as somebody being in a bad place and you going to do it automatically and they're like, ah, don't touch me. You know, it's like... So it's 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 changing it's changing the culture in like all these tiny ways with every interaction. You know, there's not going to be a one size fits all way to do this with every person. You know, it's like it's about two people coming together and negotiating that.
0: Tiff, have you ever expressed your how you wanted to be touched?
1: I don't think so. I think I don't know. I feel like if if you're connecting with someone, it's like a feeling. I've never. I, I thought what was interesting in the book was like asking like, would you like to be touched versus can I touch you? Like the difference between that, and I think there's something. Well, I think like, would you like? To would you I don't know I feel like it puts you in control when they say like would you like to be touched where yeah. like can I touch you sounds like more aggressive to me mm-hmm. I think there's something more like they notice that like this might help you so like would you is more like a a comfort I don't know, it seems more comforting to me um versus like can I because I feel like can I makes it feel like it's something they want and you kind of exactly. feel like like and if like you say yes, no. like how we talk about rejection i feel like it's so hard because there are so many times where like it is like a, a touch situation and you feel like if you reject them then they'll never want to like do anything at all and it's like having you <laughs> put boundaries where like you share that like it's just going to take time for you to like want that touch and like but you still are interested in them and like I think what this like communication is such a big thing and you talked about the four s's of like slow structured specific and safe and I think that's crucial to having like uh, a good experience in the this touching world is like don't try I feel like so many people try to rush intimacy and touch and I think it's so important to take your time with it
0: have you ever felt someone was slow with the touch pardon no but tiffany have you ever no. felt like someone was slow um
1: like slow, no i don't think slow. there's such thing as being too slow what what do you think
0: i i don't i i i don't know
1: how about you epiphany do you think that like someone that there's such thing as being too slow
2: um, no, I mean, that, I mean, it, so are you talking specifically about in a sexual encounter? I mean, What's going, more than anything, but, even, yeah. I think, like, even with friends, like, I don't think it, it takes time.
0: Levels, some people are like,
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's, to, to me, that means that the person is paying attention to what I want and what I need, and they're not just thinking about themselves. Right. Um, which is which is so important, you know, because there's, uh, I mean, we're all just, we I think we're all inundated with so much information all the time that it's like we really kind of withdraw into our own little universes, so that just because if we don't, we'll get overloaded, right, and overwhelmed with, you know, information and things we need to pay attention to. So it, we kind of like um, make our Our boundaries really small, you know, of what we can pay attention to. And, um, a lot of times that gets very kind of narcissistic, you know, and self-absorbed, you know, me, 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 me. And this is what I want and this is what I need. And it's like, oh, okay. You need to like slow down and make sure the other person's on the same page as you. Um, you know, this is, this is all pretty, pretty new stuff and, you know, I mean, it's like listening to the two of y'all, you know, you both come out of like very different cultures, but it's like we all live in, you know, this, this country where, um, you know, people are raised in different cultures with different levels of comfort around touch and, you know, different needs for it and stuff. And so it's like just, just slowing down and checking in with somebody is – a great thing to do right mm-hmm.
1: yeah i think i think we forget to do that and well i th- i know like you talked about people being resistant to like touch why do you think that is do you think it's because of social media and like the the fast-pacedness of things where like everyone's on their phones and their screen like you i don't know sometimes i think like when i am feeling lonely i do use like technology as a crutch to like Mm -hmm. feel more connected to people do you think that like doing that is a disservice and that like you do need that like face-to-face like human-to-human moment versus just like talking on facetime or you know talking on the phone versus like going up and meeting up with that person
2: i mean i yeah i mean i think that i will i mean Social media is great in a lot of ways. I mean, I have a lot of friends and relationships that I wouldn't have if it wasn't for that you know different places and ways that I've met people. but I do think that we're we're missing that face to face and you know skin to skin connection. Um, I think that I think a lot of times that people are really resistant to it because um, you know, they're like, uh, it, it's, it's like, it's like taking, taking a plug out of a dam. It's like, you know, okay, well, if I, if I like crack this open a little bit, then I'm just going to be like overwhelmed by emotion and need. And, you know, it's like, people are like, ah, oh, it's just easier to, to not be reminded of, of what I'm missing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause I mean, a lot of times it's like people, people don't even, don't even know, they don't even realize. Um, yeah. It, it, so, um, and, and there's, there's, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of different reasons I think why, um, why we're feeling so disconnected as uh, social media is certainly one of them. Um, we work a lot, you know, there's the, Mm. the culture around touch at work. I mean, we could, we could go down that rabbit hole for forever. I mean, that's a really fraught topic. And, um, you know, my, kind of my personal take on it is it doesn't really belong there. I mean, I've, I've certainly had co, like I had a coworker that, you know, we would hug every morning when we came in to see each other. And, um, so there's that. There's the fact that people live alone. Um, people are very dependent on their pets.
1: Oh, um, that's true. Is that so the I've same? What i saying
0: about the people of Los Angeles, and everyone thinks I'm crazy.
1: Do you think that like people have like now use their pets like for that like touch versus? Yeah, touch? definitely
2: touch, touch and intimacy. I mean, um, I mean, I've had I've had pets probably you know most most of my life and. Um, you know, like my relationships with my dogs and my cats when I was a kid are way different than my relationship with my animals now. And yeah, it's like people, people use them as a substitute for intimacy and companionship and touch. And, you know, uh, uh, cats and cats and dogs having animals is wonderful. I mean, I, I love my critters, but it's also not a substitute for other human beings.
1: Yeah. I definitely think that a lot of people do use that as a substitute. Like I have people who are like, oh, I'm just going to stay in with my dog and cuddle. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But I mean, people are, I think people are afraid with people now because of the age that we're in. I think there's so much fear about around like touching people, especially like even like hugging people in the workplace and things like that. Like there's so many, I think people are just a, more afraid than ever before. Yeah, These, so they'd
0: rather just like not.
1: Yeah, they'd rather not scary. deal. Because it is yeah.
0: really scary because, you know, you never ha- know how someone will interpret something. So yeah. it's like, let me just like not be a part of it. I just don't want any dramatic situations. So like, I'm out, you know.
2: Right. Well, I mean, I I feel like, you know, it's there's there's so many health benefits to, to touch and you know, time and again, it's like I, I I see people where they have an experience of this, and they're just like, "Oh my God, that feels so good! It feels so nice!" I mean, it's it's natural. I mean, this is how this is how we started as a species. I mean, even even a hundred years ago, we would have been um, you know, before the advent of electricity, we would have all been. Sleeping in the same bed as our families at night, because if not, we would freeze to death. If you lived in a in a cold climate, um, you know this is how we started out as as a species, um, million, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago when when humans were first, you know, when we were living in caves, we slept in big piles for warmth and safety. When when we're born, it's like we're we're held. It's like if if children are not held. They will not thrive. The the effects of um, touch and nurturing on babies, it like that that serves you for your entire life. That sets up our brains to deal with emotional regulation and um, you know to deal with stress. It's like it's important for our bodies and it's like your body knows it's like all this all this stuff that we've been talking about is mental things you know it's these different ideas and beliefs that we've had and they've changed over you know the course of millennia they they change from culture to culture from time to time um you know so this a, a lot of this stuff is new but at the same time, it's like your body knows. Your body knows that feeling mm-hmm. because you had it when you were an infant. I mean, not obviously not everybody has that, but you know, regardless of how affectionate or not affectionate your parents were, as you got a little bit older, you know, it's like if if you do not hold babies, they will die. Mm. They will not. They will not thrive. I mean, it's it's been shown in experiment after experiment. So you know it's time to i it's time to try something different i mean we're you know so many of us are are scared and lonely and overwhelmed and anxious and depressed and all these things and touch won't solve it but it makes you feel better
0: yeah and i think it's like a wrapping up note which i think this is where people will really see the impact of a touchless world i like that yeah yeah. Is when you mention loneliness as an epidemic. I'm just gonna read a little bit for the book. It's back in my Oprah moment, but um, <laughs> you know. There are billions of people living alone in small spaces and big cities. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was so in New York, and I was just like, too much. But like, small space, big city. They may be surrounded by other people at their workplaces and on the street, but they're sequestered in their heads and their bodies, a mm-hmm. community of one. Looking at their phones, I'm just adding that in. After five years of contemplating nurturing human touch, I can see in somebody's face when they haven't been touched tenderly in a long time. It's as obvious to me as a broken bone. What are some, like... Um, and then I'll read the rest, but I just want to ask what are some indicators to you when it was like this is a person who just needs a tender touch?
2: Um, a lot of times they just they they feel or they look really defensive, you know, like they'll they'll look at you and they'll like look away quickly and they won't mm-hmm. they won't smile. Um, you know, like a lot of times like, you know, kind of their body language, like they'll kind of physically be kind of drawn into themselves, you know, it's like they're, they're tense. Um, you know, they'll, they'll like, they'll have like, you know, the little frown lines in between their, their eyebrows, you know, where, cause they're, you know, they're like all the time or like the little lines down the sides of their mouth where, you know, cause they, they don't smile a lot. Um, you know, and they like, maybe they'll just kind of be hunched over, um, you know, some sometimes they'll they'll look like a hungry person. You know, the, like you can you can like see them like watching people, and it's like, oh, look at those people touching each other. You know, they're where they're just like desperate for some sort of human contact or connection. Um, you know, it's 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 a hard place to be, and it's and it's hard to fathom because um, I mean, it sounds like y'all both have a lot of really solid friends and connections and, you know, you spend a lot of time with people, um, outside of yourselves. So, um, you know, it can be, it can be hard to fathom, but, you know, Um,
0: and, but I mean, even for me, I don't know about, um, tips tips over here, but Mm -hmm. I do, I mean, I I like, I like my life. I'm good, but I do have moments. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm just like alone in my Uh, apartment on like, Not a Friday. Sometimes a Saturday. Because a Friday, I really am just tired. Like I'm worn out. Like I should not go out. That'll be bad company. But like you know, some of those days, I'm just like, what? Why am I alone right now? Because I have people I could see, but I still don't. Right. Um, But anyway, I I am. So I do need the the time alone to just like. Yeah. because I mean, I work. I work a lot, so I don't have that during the week. So on the weekend, I still need that. But I think I still also do get some energy from being around my close friends, never at a party, but just being around other people that I like and bring joy to my life. I'd rather go see them and hang out with them at their apartment or somewhere else that's chill, never like a crazy, lots of other people around stuff. It's just yeah. not my energy vibe. But you write in the book, loneliness has become... Loneliness, loneliness has already become an epidemic, and it affects people of every age. When I look around, I see people who are hurting and need comfort. They might try to mask it with a brisk, I'm great, when asked how they're doing. But dig a little deeper, and you'll hear how, and being tired, everyone is. Even those who seem to have it all, with great salaries, big mm. houses, decent health insurance, and domestic health are overscheduled and tired of trying to keep the nuclear family size clan safe and secure. I feel like that whole thing <laughs> was coming up. for both of <laughs> us.
1: I've never felt more like this is exactly how I feel. Like I think it's easy to just become exhausted like with the keeping up appearances.
2: Or well I mean even so just if keeping you're, up with your life. Yeah, keeping yeah, up with exactly. life. Oh, totally it's it's hard. It's it's a lot, I mean it's like modern modern living is, is hard. I actually I have these uh, these two girlfriends that um, I call them my platonic trophy wives because <laughs> they're both they're both gorgeous and smart and make more money than me and you know all this stuff. So like the, the three of us are platonic trophy wives. And you know like um, like uh, my friend well, my one friend works in tech and um, she was going through a big uh, website product launch a couple weeks ago and, you know, it was like working 15 hour days, you know, and it's like, you know, is there something I can do for you? You know, can I, you know, do you need me to like run some errands for you or bring you dinner or something? I mean, you know, there's just, there's just, it's so, it's so much to, to just stay on top of, you know, I mean, for me to like, you know, keep my house in order and keep my, pets fed and to cook for myself and to exercise and keep up with all my friends and my work and my business and, you know, all these different things. And, you know, it's like, we're all trying to, to do all of this for ourselves, you know, and increasingly, you know, it's like, if you're single, then you really have to do all that stuff for right. yourself you do not really have somebody else who has your back. And it's like, I, I don't think human beings are, are meant to live this way you know, it's like we've always survived in groups, you know, it's not supposed to be every person for themselves. Mm.
1: Yeah, but I feel like everyone kind of is like that, like, so many people yeah. are isolated, like, you, exactly what you said, like, we have these big cities that are thriving and people running around, but, like, everyone is so in their heads and disconnected from, like, that world i i mean i just know so many people who like are on antidepressants or like trying or use like use substances or there's alcohol or or drugs or whatever to escape the feeling of loneliness and i think it's like a bigger issue that no one is really trying to tackle internally
0: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah i mean and to me i'm like like i've done a couple of different presentations on um, using using touch to solve loneliness, um, you know it's 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 the simplest answer. I mean, it's actual tangible physical connection, um, you know. And it's it's just you know like they're they're working on a pill for loneliness. I'm like, why? <laughs> let's, let's, let's try something else. Let's try this. Something
0: free. Let's
2: go back to the basics. <laughs> it basic. It is. It's it's so basic. It's, it is, it is one of, you know, it's one of the basic building blocks of how you begin your life. You know, you, um, you sleep, you eat, you um, poop your diapers, and then your parent changes them for them, and then you're helped. And, um, you know, it's, it's important. And I don't, you know, we've created a culture where we kind of get away from it, and we grow out of it. But I don't think that we do. And I think that it has a lot of potential. I mean, like a a few weeks ago I was with a friend of mine and we went, um, her mother lives in a retirement home slash community. And we went to have dinner with her and one of uh, her, uh, one of the other women there who was probably in her, Late 80s, early nineties came and sat down and I like just kind of put my hand on the side. We were talking about what I did and I put my hand on the side of her face and stroked it and she was just like, Oh my god, that smells so that feels so good because like her husband had been dead for like five years, I think, maybe. And, you know, it's just like people are just like, Yes, yes. You know, when you when you don't have it, people are like, Give me more, give me more, give me more when they get a little bit of it. So yeah, it is, it's very basic. And very simple and we make it very complicated. Um
1: Yeah. So for our listeners out there, like what are what do you think are three things they can do to like ease into this world of touching?
2: Um well I think that um uh, you know they're gonna there so there's it's gonna look different for every person. Mm-hmm. Um, the first I think the first thing that you need to do that people need to do is kind of sort through some of their mental stuff around it you know figuring out what touch means for them um, you know whether they like it or don't like it or if they've had bad experiences with it in the past um, you know what, what they what they think about it you know because there's all you know so, so much of doing this is um, the mental um, the second is that there's no way that you're going to be able to do it without um, becoming uncomfortable, without becoming vulnerable. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. You're going to mm. have to risk being rejected. Ooh. And the, the third is, is just to, to try, to ask, you know. I mean, you could, you could go to somebody and say, you know, I'm, I'm having a really bad day. Can I, may I please have a hug? Um, you know, or, um, you know, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just not feeling like myself or, you know, could you please hold my hand for a minute or, you know, it's like you just, you just have to try and ask. Um, and if somebody says no, don't take it personally and just move on, um, uh some people you know there's 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 not a one size fits all answer i mean you know to think you have to i mean if you think about it like if if we re you know if we if we look at touch through a wellness lens you know it's like like, if you went to the doctor and they were like, hey, you need to get more exercise, it's like there's numerous new, things you could do. You could join a gym. You could join a sports team. You could start going for walks. You could hire a personal trainer. You could take a dance class. You could watch YouTube videos, workout videos in your living room. Um, you know, there's so there's options for it. So, you know, to, to kind of think about touch in the same way, you know, some people um it might they might be able to get the need met through friends some people might be able to get the need met for by a romantic partner you know to go to your romantic partner and just say you know i just really need more touch that's not about sex you know can you you know would you please like you know put your hand on my forehead or something um you know some people might have to go to a professional for it um some people might go to a cuddle party um You know, there's there's just lots of different options, but, you know, you just you just have to try you have to start you have to start asking and, you know, realize that it's going to be weird. It's going to be awkward. You may not say the right thing every time, but, you know, you just have to try. You have to take a chance on it
0: i love that you gotta take a chance on yourself TVH. i been doing a lot of personal work internal work you just have to <laughs> you know to, to ask for what you want and then like try to take it and if people say no ask somebody else but yeah thank you so much for this um where can people find you where can they get the book
2: um so the book is available um at most e-retailers you can get it at amazon and barnes and noble there's um, there's an ebook and, um, a paperback right now. I'm talking to some narrators about getting an audiobook done. Um, and my website is nurturinghumantouch.com. Oh, the name of the book, since I don't know if we actually said it is, uh, somebody hold me the single person's guide to nurturing human touch, but you certainly don't have to be single to get a lot out of it. Um, just, you know, just having, having a greater awareness around this topic and, you know, what different types of touch mean to different people is, is just invaluable in helping people navigate and negotiate because, uh, you know, the, the culture around touch is changing really rapidly and the rules are changing and, um, just to have like some good, um, education and awareness and emotional intelligence around it I think is invaluable for people.
0: I love that thank you so much for me coming on um...
2: yeah thank you for having me it's taken a while for us to to get it going on but um, I'm glad that we had a, an opportunity to talk and um, you know if you, if y'all ever find yourself in Austin Texas look mm-hmm. me up and I've got a big hug for you I
1: love yeah, it. Yeah, let's go. Life in limbo
0: Land on the road.
1: Yeah, we should do Life in limbo Land on the road. I think this is like such an important conversation for people, especially in this day and age.
2: Absolutely.
1: Um, and for people to listen to this podcast and then also read the book because there were so many things in there that will help guide people and help them figure out what type of touch, um, what situations will be comfortable for them. But yeah, it definitely is an uncomfortable thing. <laughs> I think for me, like just like some of the things I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do that. But I think sometimes you need to push yourself out of your comfort zone to get those results yeah. will eventually lead to a healthier life.
2: And um, just, to, just to speak to that for a second, Tiffany, I mean, if you're happy with the amount of touch in your life that you're getting and you don't necessarily feel like you need more or that you know you're fine with waiting for somebody to touch you in a romantic situation that's that's okay I mean there's you know (laughs) none of us need to be shamed anymore but you know there's there's certainly a lot of people out there who are like I'm really not happy with this and and who knows? I mean, it's like you could find yourself in a situation like, you know, like if, you know, if you came and got a session from us, a Karuna session from my hands-on business, you might be like, oh, wow, there there really are some cool things you can do with um, non-sexual touch. And, you know, this is, you know, it's like, oh, this opens up a whole new world, you know, or not, you know, it's every person has to navigate this and decide it for themselves
0: love that yeah thank you so much and thank you everyone for listening we love you um and we'll see you next week
2: Bye. bye